stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia, where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing, hope, and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive. And now for this week's episode of the honest pod. honest pod. I am loving this series. I hope you guys are getting, you know, just such goodness out of the series. I think about all of the people that we have had on to talk about what it means to live free and fully alive. And yes, that's the title of my book, but I mean, I think that's really the title of our hearts. Like, I think that's what God wants for us. And so when I say that we are talking about living free and fully alive, it's not just because I want to talk about my book. It's because I really want all of you that are listening to be able to really understand the ins and outs of what this could mean. And like I told you guys, I went through my list of people that I wanted to be able to speak on this with me. And I had five women and one guy, and the one guy was my husband. So these five women were the ones that I just began to think about different portions of the book and thinking who could speak on this with authority and speak to like not just my book, but really how they're living this out. And I got to be honest with you, when I started thinking about moving towards worth and really towards heart transformation away from this idea of behavior modification, Cassandra Spear just came to my mind. She is, she helps. She is the vice president or vi- what are you, Miss Cass, for her true worth? I just think you are her true worth. <laughs> no. Oh, thank you. I am vice president yeah. of Her True Worth. I got it right. I got it right. And um, author extraordinaire definitely is a writer at like, first and foremost, this woman can write and speak, I'm telling you. And uh, she has a book out called Her True Worth. But I have gotten the privilege of getting to know you, Cass, like in a just not just you know, let's do an interview about your book and then move on. There was something that happened when we met on our podcast and we were both in tears. We were both like, where have you been all my life? And then we exchanged phone numbers, which like never happens because I'm, you know, the most introverted private person that ever walked the face of the earth. And I was like, I need to have this woman in my life. And we talked about queso and we talked about friendships and we talked about worth. And it was like this moment where... You know, I say this all the time, like there's like-minded people and then there's like-hearted people. And the like-hearted ones are the ones that don't come across, come, come around very often, but when they do, do whatever you can to like, just cultivate those relationships. And you were one of them. I just was like, so drawn to you. So I knew I had to have you on. Thank you for coming back to the Honest Pod. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is my privilege. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And I, I was, I sent you my book and I was like, would you, my, we were just talking about this before the podcast and how vulnerable it is to write something and put it out into the world. And you, even before we got on this podcast, just started ministering to me because you've walked this road 
um, and how vulnerable it is. And now you're about to walk it a second time. Um, so I see you as seasoned. You are a seasoned veteran. I will take all I can from you to learn through this. But I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to dive in. One of the things we talk about, and I, I have actually sent you my book. You've you have given a gracious review. It is such a kind and good review. Um, and one of the things we talk about in the podcast, I, I do this diagram where, and, and I just want you guys to know, like, if you like diagrams, this book's for you because I, I need to see what you're talking about. I need to see that. And one of the things we talk about is how when we don't deal with our past, we move into this place. I call it the false cycle, the cycle of false freedom. And it's these behavior modifications, these behaviors that we do to try to fill us up, to heal us, to move us away from having to feel the pain or deal with our story. And I wanted to ask you, you know, just from the perspective of you writing this, you know, writing about worth and stuff. What are you seeing, you know, in your own life or in the lives of those that you work with? What are you seeing the behaviors and some of the places where people are trying to find their worth? And it could even be in Christianity, right? In church, whatever, that is really moving them away from real transformation and, and this false place of freedom. What, what are you seeing or maybe even for your own life or the, the lives that you're working with? Such a good question. And there's so many. So I'll answer two ways. So for myself with worth and false transformation, false freedom, is that like I would put on these counterfeit identities, like I would find false freedom, because I would find these things that were coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I would use them to meet my need. Mm -hmm. And that need was to feel value and to feel like I had worth. And it was, you know, so many different ways, especially when I was young, I would lean on my outward appearance. I would lean on the size of my jeans, mm. my job, my relationships, like if I was given attention and affection, then I would use that affirmation and I would cling to it and I would do anything to obtain it. But I also would pay that same cost to keep it mm. because that's the thing about our worth and our value is that if we don't find our identity and our worth and value in Christ, if we find it in anything or anyone else we are committing ourselves to paying that exact cost to keep it. Ooh. And the truth of the matter is that we cannot because the only person who won't change his mind about us is Jesus. Wow. That that worth and that value is immovable. Mm -hmm. Whereas the mirror, the scale, our genes, that relationship, that job, all of those things will fluctuate and change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he remains the same. So for me, that's what that's looked like. And then with the women that I do life with, mentor, um, co-labor and ministry with, and the women in our community at Her True Worth, there's something crazy that I've noticed about this is that regardless, <clears throat> excuse me, let me restart that sentence, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of the age of the woman, the marital status of the woman, mm -hmm. it doesn't, the one thing that remains the same is that they're constantly at war yeah. for their worth. Right. They're constantly looking for 
validation and comfort and, and affirmation. None of those things are negative. You know, we were wired by God to desire those things, but we were called to find it in him. Mm-hmm. And all of these other things are really detrimental to us long-term Why do you, because we're looking to those things. Why do you think this is so prevalent? Why are you, maybe even for yourself or, or for women, of course, you know, I always have thoughts about this, but why do you think here, here you have this ministry and, and it is a thriving ministry. I mean, there's over like a million people that follow her true worth and which speaks to something that said, I want that, right? Like you don't just have a million followers. Cause it's like, Oh, you have a nice Instagram. Like there's, there's, there's something about that. That's saying, I resonate with this message and I want this. And you guys give them you know, so many tools and resources. And yet, why do you think for many of us, this, this like operating in these false places of freedom, this cycle of false freedom is so, is still such a struggle. Hey, Tori Hine here. And on behalf of Freedom Movement, I have a special invitation just for you. We are hosting an online training on July 29th called Reclaim Your Story. It's a five hour live interactive coaching event designed to help you engage your story and understand the physical and the psychological effects of your beliefs and your behaviors so that you can reclaim the God-given story that you were meant to live. Check out all the information that you need in the link in the show notes below. This is going to be a transformative time together, and we cannot wait to see you there. The short answer is that we live on this side of heaven. <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunate, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but the long answer is that I feel that in order, like our ministry wouldn't exist, like you said, if there wasn't that felt need. Right. And I think that whether we realize it or not, we're all unconsciously taking notes about, we're assessing our value. Mm -hmm. Constant. We are constantly receiving, whether it is a, a deliberate message to us through marketing and ads, whether it's a subconscious mm-hmm. thing that we're just picking up pieces by comparing at others, um, or the words that someone's spoken over us or about us or behind us, behind our back. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these different things that we're assessing our value and worth by these tools, these measurements right. that the world has handed us. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that we're all guilty of using these tools that are of this world. And if you're going to use the world's measuring tools for your worth and your value, and you're going to give yourself over to that definition of value, Mm -hmm. you're always going to come up short. Right. That's why, that's why this ministry hits a chord because we're all feeling it. We're all constantly. And then that's the other thing too, is that I can easily tell someone you know, your identity is hidden in Christ. Mm. Your true worth is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is true. But every morning, we have to renew our mind. Right. Every morning, we need to make our whoops. We need to make our hearts and our minds conform to Christ. And that's why it's a daily war for our worth. We have a very real enemy that wants us to be convinced that we're not worthy of the space that we take in this world. And it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. And so we've a lot of us take that bait. Mm-hmm. And, and we do have, like you said, 
these things that are false freedoms. And so that's, I think that's really, truly why the ministry is so impactful is because it's, it's truly something that everyone deals with and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how old you are. And it doesn't, it's, you know, we all deal with wondering if we're worthy of the space we take in this world. Yeah. And the enemy is going to, is really good at giving us a dozen reasons why we're not. Right. Right. And it's not just because the enemy, like Christ, you said, we it's not just the enemy. It's our family of origin, our coach, our friends at yes. school. Like, and here's what I, here's what I'm trying to get at because the truth is, is that the truth is her true worth, uh, free and fully alive, this idea around this and really coupled with her true worth, this, this idea of this, I love that you said, you know, the short answer is this side of heaven, <laughs> we're never going to fully step into it. And that's what I want to normalize because what I wanted to get at is like, you know, you pick up, you know, Cassandra's book, you go to her true earth, you pick up free and fully alive. The answer at the end of the book isn't all of a sudden, you know, your worth, you live in it every day. It's never a problem. All is good. Here we go. No. In fact, what, what we're trying to normalize is that you are a fragile human. This life is hard. I mean, Cass, would you say, yep, I wake up every day and I know my worth and I never struggle without it. And yet are, you wrote a book about it. You run an organization about it. I wrote a book called Free and Fully Alive. Does that mean that I am, you know, does free and fully alive mean that I am the absence of struggle? Absolutely not. That's not what this means. And in fact, you would be closing the doors of her true worth because you'd be like, you guys all got it, right? A million of you? Cool. Like you guys got it down. But I think that's like what I'm trying to get at is that I think for so many of us, we have this, it has to be this or this rather than Mm -hmm. the and. And I'd love to hear a little bit from you about, you know, when you're for you living free and fully alive, what has that meant for you in coupling your humanity and also your image bearer person? Like how have you been able to be settled in the fact that you wrote a book on, on worth, you are living a life that you desire to be free and fully alive and you are human. How how have you begun to be able to live in the end of that? Mm. And I think you capture that reality so well in your book, first of all, Carrie. And I really appreciate the way that you tangibly share that reality in your own life, because as writers, I just want to speak this into you, but also just for those of y'all who are listening, that Carrie's willing to go there Mm. so that you'll come with her. Mm. And I just love so much that you're willing to sit in that both and space and you do it beautifully. Mm. And your words do point to the hope we have in that reality. For me personally, It is like you said, it's living in that tension. It's acknowledging that God is good and life is not always good. It's acknowledging that, yes, we are promised in John 10, 10, the abundant life. And we are promised that God does work everything according to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. But we are not, in fact, promised that that will feel good or be for our good. It is for the good. Mm. And there's so many times, like you said, with running a ministry, a global ministry that reaches so many women about your worth and value in Christ, 
And then also living with the reality of a CPTSD diagnosis and walking through prolonged exposure for, like you said, like we get these ideas of worthlessness. Sometimes it comes from our family of origin. For me, it was childhood trauma and abuse. Right. I mean, for, for so many of us, we have to hold the truth that life can be hard, but God is still holy. Yes. And that's a life message that I have to walk through. And, and in order for me to live free and fully alive, I have to remember that my life is here yeah. on earth, yeah. but that my hope is in eternity. Yeah. And so I can live knowing that I am secure in Christ, but I'm still going to walk on wobbly feet sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be days where I really truly have to lean on the Lord to be my strength because I am valuable and so very aware of my weakness, especially as a mom mm-hmm. and in doing ministry and being a mother and a wife and a mentor and all these things, I can easily forget that I have limitations. And a part of living fully alive is also being fully surrendered Come on. to the fact that I cannot, I cannot be everything to everyone. Right. But God is my everything always. Right. I love what you just said that actually fully alive is embracing my limitations and allowing God to be, I mean, that's it, right? Because a fully alive life is not severing parts of us or ignoring parts of us or having to be everything to every, that's actually not fully alive. That's parts of us are having to be deadened to be able to accomplish, measure up, do all things. And, and what I talk about in the book and what I think you do so beautifully is in your ministry, especially when you're ministering to young people, is really holding them in the tension of, hey, we God wants all parts of you alive and awakened, even the parts that are really hard, even the diagnosis that you want to run from or not sit in. That's actually a part of your story. This side of heaven, that's a part of you. And God's not saying eradicate it. God's not saying ignore it. God's saying, you know, he's also not saying, you know, that is all of who you are. But when we bring right. when we bring it to the Lord, he can begin to tend to it and care for it. And it's here where we go, man, in my good and my awesome times, God is there. In my lowest, he is there. And I yeah, I, I'm curious for you, because you weren't a Christian your whole life, you know. You from wow. our previous conversation, <laughs> you I knew you became a Christian a little bit later on in your journey after high school, right? Correct? After high school? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was 19. Yeah, that's right. Around 1920. Yeah. So here you've gone through, you know, quite a bit of life and, you know, you start learning, you know, I learned the scriptures that you're talking about when I'm like five, you know, cause I grew up in the church right. and I remember hearing, you know, the enemy has come to kill and still and destroy. Okay. I was like, okay, scared of the devil and God has come to give you abundant life, you know, okay. Live it to the full. And I just don't think I really understood what that meant because I I was living duplicitly as my parents and everything were coming out of, you know, they're on the stage preaching the things and then we're going home and mom has eating disorder and it's crazy life, you know, and for mm-hmm. you coming to Christ later, how were you able or, or how did you metabolize or think through at 19 years old, 20 years old, okay, God has an abundant life for me. What what did that mean to you? Like, how did that begin to kind of, yeah, metabolize in your body? Did it even? Did it take you a while to understand what that really meant? I'm curious 
in your journey? Yeah, I definitely, it it took time. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like as I got older and the more that, you know, when I first became a believer, I had that youthful zeal, Mm -hmm. like that um, zeal for the Lord, but a lack of understanding for me personally and a lack of compassion and empathy, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. especially with my family members that were not Christians. Mm. Um, And God was really kind over the last, you know, been a long time, but God's been kind enough to soften me mm-hmm. and to correct me. And God corrects those that He loves, and thank God He does. Yeah. He doesn't leave us where we where we where we started, how He found us. Right. Um, but it definitely is something like John ten ten specifically. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I don't think I fully understood that until I watched my life literally get just through the threshing floor. Like, mm. watched things fall apart, watch things, you know, and be like, okay, God is good, but this isn't like, how do I, how do I reckon with a good God when I'm walking through these hard things and, and also shaking off the false prosperity gospel and like Mm. understanding like that I had to know the word for myself and in order to live it, you know, you, you know, we say that the word is written on a tablet of our hearts Mm -hmm. And, and that it's not just words on a page, but I truly believe that I didn't fully understand abundant life until I was met with hardship mm-hmm. and saw that God was still good, mm-hmm. even if and even when. And that that is something that I've had to learn over and over again. Yeah. And, and looking for God's goodness in the middle of the hardships and seeing because he's there. Mm-hmm. He's there oh, yeah. through it all and, and knowing that he is with us mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. How would you begin to identify then going, this is how I am living free and fully alive. How would you define that for yourself today? Mm. For me, it's embracing my weakness, mm. acknowledging my limitations and, um, extending the compassionate care that the Holy Spirit offers me Mm -hmm. the same way that I am compassionate and care for others, um, tending to my own aches and pains instead of allowing the pain that's inside to create pain in others. Wow. Um, you know, stop leaving, leaving, leading a life that is free and fully alive for me looks like reckoning with my humanity and holding tight to God's sovereignty through it. Um, And just acknowledging, like, I've just got really, really honest with people, you know, and with myself, I've had to, and I know you're a huge advocate of that. And I think that's a part of why we do have kindred hearts Mm -hmm. and, and that we do, we, there's not enough time. We're not promised tomorrow. Mm. And, and there's no, we don't do anybody, any, any give, give any gifts to anyone by pretending otherwise. And, and, you know, God helps me to embrace my brokenness. And when I'm able to do that, I'm able to live free and fully alive because I might have pieces in me that need mending, but he is good and he will continue to transform my heart. Mm. And, and that's, that's what freedom looks like for me. That's what it looks like to live fully alive Mm -hmm. is acknowledging those places in my life that 
need him, mm. need him every hour, every moment, every day, in every area. Mm. See, I told you guys, this is why I told you I was going to have Cass on. That's so good. Yes. And I just, I would, I want to shout it from the rooftops with you because I'm just so sick of everyone having to come in and have this, like what you said earlier, this measuring stick of what it's supposed to look like or looking to your left and looking to your right and going, what's supposed to look like that? Or, you know, I'm supposed to have a million followers to be making a difference or I'm so, it's like, oh my goodness, that is, that is not a fully alive life. That's a life in bondage. That is a life bound mm. to expectation, measurement, you know, other people's, other people's calling. Like you're not even living out your own calling. It's so crazy to me. We say, we have a line in the, in the book that says, um, freedom begins. Uh, I'm going to actually read it because I don't even remember it. That's how awesome real freedom begins with embracing your story, not overcoming it. Mm embracing your story and not overcoming it. And that's basically what you just said. Man. Like, I, I'm not trying to forget the story. I'm not trying to just yeah. be like, okay, that's all gone. Okay. Now it's all God. It's like, even Jesus and his resurrected body still bared the scars of the story. Right. And I love that Come you on. said, I am here to no longer in, and what it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's truly a conversation. But when you came to know Jesus at the beginning, it, there was this invitation you thought, I got to overcome this and I got to be different because they're all, they're all acting crazy. They need to get their life together and I'm an overcomer. Mm -hmm. And because I'm overcoming, mm -hmm. look at how much I've arrived and the softness that has come through per your words and what's written in the book is this embracing of all of you. And that softens yes. you when we don't, when we are overcoming, which we don't overcome, God overcomes, but when we embrace, right. it's like it softened you. Tell me a little bit more about that. Gosh, and you communicated that so well. It is truly like that because I thought that, especially at that age, I really truly thought that the key to finding freedom and truly breaking cycles was just to discard like I misunderstood the scripture that your old is made new that the right. old is washed away I didn't understand that like in my weakness in those things that I carried like trauma and all of those things that yes God renews and he restores and he transforms but I am still good in him and those parts of my stories that weren't good, he can use for the good of others and the glory of God. And when I was able to embrace, like you said, in your book and in, in conversations that we've had just in private, like when you're able to embrace the full story of your life and it's only until like the moment that we can fully acknowledge our true brokenness are we able to fully understand the wholeness mm. and the mercy and the grace and see the true restoration restoring and renewing and with my family like there was a hardness because I thought like I had to deny and and also that's a trauma response like and also a lot of my memories were locked away like I have yeah. so many memories from my childhood that I don't have access to right and, and that's a whole other conversation, right. but 
God was there and he remembers and he is just, and he has been faithful to work on my heart, soften it. And also with my family, I've had less of, Hey, this is what God says. And more of this is what life lived looks like believing God in his word. So good. Because your life is going to speak so much better than your words. Come on. Come on. And the fruit of the spirit is going to be much more evident in your life instead of saying, well, I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Show them. Right. Right. Do that. Right. Yeah. So easy to say it, but are you really living it? And I think that's, that's the key right there, right? Is when we go, well, man, I'm embracing my story and I want to live out the fruits of the spirit. But at the end of the day, if I'm just saying them, then I'm just trying to overcome and look like something. But when I actually embrace it, I actually begin to live it. And that that is the juxtaposition between the do the two. Uh, so good, Cass. I just want to end with this last this last thought kind of question for you. Uh, One of the things I talk about in the book is when we do the process of going, like you said, going back into those stories and beginning to kind of have a more integrated life rather than this just like, like you said, it's severed, like the old is gone, behold, I'm new, I forget everything that I was, and now I'm just this person, which is just scientifically impossible. And also that's out of context, right? So we've talked about that many Mm -hmm. times in the podcast, but um, so I love that you brought that up. But the the idea is that when we become more integrated, and I talk about near the end of the book, that really, that's when your calling begins to really rise. You really begin to start going, wait a minute, you kind of get this holy discontent, this like, hell no, not on my watch. Am I going to let this continue to happen? We've talked about this a little bit before, but I'm curious for you, as you've begun to kind of embrace all of you and come in and tend to those parts was the outcome of that really the birthing of her true worth and and really the going, I, I want to offer this to the world? What did that kind of look like rather than being this overcomer? I'm awesome. I'm, I'm with God now. You guys need to get it together. But this embraced integration, how did that affect really your calling and what you're wanting to step into in your life by doing all of this work internally? So with with Her True Worth, Brittany had founded Her True Worth in 2015. And when I had come across it in 2018, I had just begun my like public platform and writing and blogging and guest writing. And um, with the, it was almost, I, I'm not going to say it was divine that we crossed paths, because, you know, the internet is amazing and it gives us all kinds of different access to people you wouldn't otherwise meet. Right. But with with doing Her True Worth, it was almost like something inside me already knew that this was – she didn't have to explain it to me. Mm. And she said that a lot with like – because I started as a writer with Her True Worth before I ever stepped into any leadership roles. And I started – from a position of serving before mm. I ever touched leadership. Come on. And Brittany had an in for free, free 99. You know, you should, I showed up with what God had given me and I used the words that, you know, the Lord had inspired me to use and it, and it reached people. And I remember Brittany telling me early on before I had stepped into leadership that it was just like, I got it. 
before anyone had ever explained it as far as our mission. And like, I helped write our mission statement. Mm -hmm. I didn't found her true earth, Mm -hmm. but I was a part of refining it Mm -hmm. and, and really getting focused. And I feel like my own life and my own experience was very much in line with what Brittany's goal was for the ministry, which was to meet women where they're at Mm -hmm. and point them to their worth and their value right now mm-hmm. not the better version of you not the goal but where you're at mm-hmm. right because we are constantly being sanctified we're constantly being transformed and if we're not meeting people where they're at then what are we doing right what are we doing right. you know and so that's really transformed me and it's really impacted me with the way that we do ministry is that we use so many different women's voices and allow them to be amplified and speak into different people because it can't just be me and it can't just be Brit. We have so many different writers for her true yeah. worth that are amplifying the gospel, but also they're telling their story. And that's a part of what makes me feel passion and drive is seeing other women use what God has given them mm. right where they're at. And meet people right in the middle of it so in ways that me or Britt couldn't otherwise do. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Her true worth goes away. It's done. Organization is over, finished, whatever. Do you stop? Do you stop doing ministry? Do you stop caring for this? Is your, tell me, because really I believe like our calling is really not, uh, it's not relegated to a vehicle, right? Her true worth is a vehicle for you. And we talk about this in the book, the difference between vehicle and really calling. And so I'm curious, her true worth goes away. What are you still going to do on the land? Because you just so believe in it. What are you still going to be advocating for? The same things. (laughs) Talking about the hard and the holy, Mm -hmm. meeting God in the middle of the mess. Um, sitting within the tension of the already and the not yet kingdom Mm -hmm. that I, none of that would change. Um, And that's what I do in my personal space. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's how I operate um, on my couch or like, like we talked in the past um, just yesterday, I was getting chips and queso (laughs) with another woman, like, uh, you know, and, and that I would keep doing that because like you said, like even if the vehicle, the wheels fall off, even if mm-hmm. I still keep going, I, you know, mm-hmm. the mission is not the ministry. The mission is lived. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the moments mm-hmm. of our lives. It, you don't need a million followers to reach people for Jesus. You don't Come need on. to be on a church staff to reach people for Jesus. You don't need to be a writer or a speaker or a teacher to reach people for Jesus. Show up where you're at with what you've got mm-hmm. and allow God to make much of it. Right. Nothing else would change. Even if, even if, mm-hmm. because the mission doesn't change. Right. Her true worth has never been the mission. Right. Like you said, it's a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this is what's so important for people to hear. I just, as we kind of close out and I'm just always so thankful for your uh, like authentic, genuine, kind, you have a kind voice too. But this idea, I think for many of us, we think we're, we're constantly trying to look for a vehicle to attach to 
so that we can then have worth and like it can be valued. And, you know, we don't have a mission. God has a mission and we're a part of it. We just get to be a part of the mission he's doing here on the earth, no matter what vehicle that is. And I do, I asked you that question, knowing the answer, because I know that when your life has begun to be changed in the way that it has for you and for me, uh, the vehicle may change, but the calling will just intensify. It will continue to grow and intensify. And that's what I want for so many of you, you know, with this book, with Free and Fully Alive, the whole goal of it is to help you, just like Cass said, get to some of those memories and those stories and those places where there has been harm and you've opted for behavior modification. You've opted for things to try to heal it and it's not working. And so we're going to help you get to that place so that you can start really stepping into the worth of who you are, who God's created you to be that, you know, what we say on the book, like reclaiming the story of who you were created to be so that no matter what vehicle you're in, no matter what, whether like, like Cass said, it's chips and queso with her friend or it is running and helping run her true worth, like big, small, it all matters because it's all part of the mission of God, not our mission. And I just, I knew the answer, but I wanted you to, I wanted them to hear you say it because it's impressive by the world's standards. What you do is impressive to say there's over a million followers. That's impressive. And it's like, can make many of us go, well, gosh, you know, yeah, she's doing this. It's so big. It's so impressive. It's so grand. And I just wanted you guys to hear from Cass's heart. She still does what she does, million followers or not. And that has that that is going to continue because of what God has done in the unseen, what's God done behind the curtain. And, and her true worth is just a vehicle. For me, freedom movement is just a vehicle. This book. I'm so proud of it. And I'm so, I know you're so proud of what you've written and it's just a vehicle and, and it, it'll be out there. And in a few years from now, I'll be on to the next thing. You'll be on to the next thing, but this is a vehicle right now to be able to share our hearts with you. And so lastly, Cass, I would just love for those that are sitting out there and they're just going, man, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to, I would love to have a ministry that's a million followers. I would love to be able to write a book. Like, I just don't think I, I don't know when that's going to happen for me. What would you offer in kindness to, to just speak to their own life of being free and fully alive where they are right now? What would you just offer to them as some kindness and, and an offering of care to their hearts? I'm so glad you asked because I get I get those conversations quite frequently, mm -hmm. both online and in person. Mm -hmm. And um, the truth of the matter is that diligence in the dark is beautiful. Yes. That being faithful in the unseen, um, we don't need an audience for our obedience to God. Come on you know, to make it meaningful. We don't require, we don't require a following to follow God. You don't need those things. And although they may look shiny and I'm sure it's like, okay, but you are a part of a ministry that reads, reaches millions of people. Yeah, I am. But I'm also someone who is a lot of my ministry is online. Mm -hmm. And, and, and if, if I'm online and if we're online and if, if, if it's only relevant when it's seen, why are we, what is our motive here? Mm -hmm. 
And I mean that with love, mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. Say it again, girl. We have say to it check again. Our heart. I need you to say it again. We have to, we have to think about it. Like if it's only relevant and it's if it's seen, if we're only obedient when we have an audience, what is our motive? Come what on. is our what is our true what are we really serving? Are we serving God mm-hmm. with our gifts, talents, and abilities, or are we serving ourselves right. and our motives? Mm-hmm. Because and, and listen, I get it. I'm not casting any stones in a glass house here. I understand. I really, truly do. And I understand that it feels really good to be seen and valued, but I need you to know that you're seen and valued in the unseen and that your reverence is far more of importance than relevance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that God cares more about your heart. Mm -hmm. And, And we have to be careful because we might miss it. Right. We might miss it. I would have, I may have missed her true worth. And I, I, I've talked to you about this before, but like if I had allowed, I tried to join women's ministry in a local context and it was like, not only a no, but like a hard no and a ghosting. And it was like, it was like awful. I was, I mean, I could have allowed that to be like, you know what? Well then God doesn't want me like, no, so-and-so decided that I wasn't qualified mm-hmm. or that I wasn't the right fit. That's not what God decided. And like rejection can be God's redirection. I might have missed it right. had I not shown up with what I had, where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage anyone that's hearing me that where you're at matters. Yeah. Your mission is where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes that can be really hard. To, to really embrace because sometimes where you're at sucks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your growth comes painful with pain and it comes with tilling of soil and pulling of weeds. But I'm telling you right now that that work is worth it. Wherever you're at, cleaning toilets, wiping baby's butts, whatever ministry looks like for you, yes. chips and queso, show up where you're at and love people well and allow God to use it. Mm, come on. Don't worry about whether or not anyone else acknowledges it. Some people aren't going to care mm-hmm. and that's okay because what you're doing matters Yes, because it matters to God uh, and you matter to God. So good. So good. I love what you said, even in the darkness, even in the unseen second Corinthians chapter four, verse uh, 15, I think 15 to 18, it says, so we will not give up even though we encounter a momentary light affliction for we relish in what is unseen, knowing that it is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory. For what is unseen is where God works, and what is seen, it, it, it doesn't even matter. Like that's not where the that's not where the weight of glory is going to be. And I, I love mm-hmm. that you said that because there are seasons for many people listening to this where, yeah, the glamour of what it's meant for her to earth or freedom movement, and you know. They also don't know the behind the scenes of how hard it is and how long it's been. I mean, it's been 10 years of me doing this, you know? And so there's been seasons where I remember sitting in my house and, oh, this is kind of making me choked up. I remember sitting in my house and like literally changing Roma's diaper and just thinking like, you know, I was made for more than this, you know, and like, I need to be doing more. And I was so hung up on achievement and measurability and approval and applause that it was actually choking out the fully alive life that God wanted me to have right there in that moment to relish in a moment that was going to be very momentary and it was going to leave and it was going to be very fleeting. And yet it was the ministry 
where I was called to in that moment. And I think sometimes the enemy will use really enticing things like ministry to, and, Mm -hmm. you know, platforms for Jesus to pull us away. And it, it seems like that's where we're going to be fully alive. And if our goal is that it's actually the lie, it is not where you will find a fully alive life. You find it in the unseen moments. You find it in the darkness. You find it actually in the contentment of going, I, I want to do more for you, God, but maybe this is the more for me right now because this is what you see. And that's what I hear you saying. And you balance both beautifully um, and with tension. And I love that you speak from such an honest place of going, I could have given up when it didn't look the way I thought it was supposed to look, but I remained faithful and God, God allowed for other things to come. And that, that has been the journey, I think, of living a fully alive life, of understanding when I'm longing for something, because I think that's what's going to fill me. That's actually the moment where I can go up. I'm severing a part of who I am right now. And that's not fully alive. That's not fully alive. So good, Mm -hmm. Cass. So good. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I know your kids are on break. I know they're like, mommy, what are you doing? You know, like (laughs) we're going to kill each other if you don't get off that podcast. But I want to just thank you. I I bribed them with cake pops. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, we have zero judgment here. (laughs) Best bribe ever is the C's candy. When you go to the mall, C's candies, lollipops, because they take so long for them to break down. So they are, I get a good 30 minutes. With that, with that sucker. Do you know what I'm talking about? That sucker. <laughs> yes, I do. I never, I never thought of that. But that's a, that's, that's life hack, right it there. It is a life hack. Go get that for all of you new mamas out. Well, not too new because you know they got to be old enough to be able. To, but it's a hot mess. But I'm telling you, it's a good 30 minutes. You buys you about 30 minutes in a store where you could go do some shopping because they are all on that butterscotch sucker from C's and they're 75 cents and it's 75 cents of sanity or maybe they're a dollar now. I don't know inflation because I'm old, but I'm just telling you it's a good, it's a good life hack. So Cass, guys, if you, you know, Cass will be the first to tell you this. I've told you this multiple times, pre-orders do matter. And if you'd be willing to pre-order and go and get this book free and fully alive, you'll not only see my words on there, you'll see a little bit of Cass's because she's in my book. She's right there. Cassandra Spear from Her True Worth just given me a shout out. Um, but we would love for you to go get that. Uh, and also just so you know, follow her true worth and what they're doing over there. You've gotten to hear from the heartbeat of the vice president of that company, that organization. She also wrote a book, her true worth. And I've said this with multiple people that I've had on here. And I actually mean this, you want to get some help and all for 40 bucks, you buy my book, you buy her true worth. I'm going to tell you right now that that's going to be a combo right there. I would say read mine first and then read hers because hers is going to propel you. Like hers is the one that's like, let's go. You've got this. You're amazing. There's also some really good grit in there and being able to help you hold that. I've read it. It's a great, it's a fantastic read. It's also an easy read. No, sometimes these books are just like so complex. Like you're like, I I can't get this. And one of the things I love about what you wrote, how you write and how I write is we try to take really complex things and simplify them so that everyday people can actually figure out how to do life. And we're not trying to be a theologian over here. We're just trying to to love Jesus and be healthier. So I love that about your book. Cass, thank you. I love you. I adore you. I think the world of you. 
I'm so excited that you're on. Guys, uh, go go check it out. You can go to Amazon and get free and fully alive. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. Oh.